Hello and welcome to another special edition of the Anything Goes podcast where we will be breaking down episode 3 of WandaVision. The series continued with another great episode this week and we are going to be given an episode overview as well as looking at key points and takeaways, easter eggs you might have missed and making predictions for the rest of this series and the wider MCU. Of course this is a weekly episode whilst WandaVision continues to come to our screens via Disney+. Plus. If you want other updates throughout the week which I am giving all the time Please follow me on Instagram. It is the Anything Goes Podcast underscore six one six. There are regular updates on One Division as well as all other things of the MCU. But let's get started on the episode. So episode three took us to the seventies, with episode one and two taking place in the fifties and sixties. And at the end of episode two, we saw that we were going to be getting an episode full of color as well as a pregnant. Wonder, And that was sort of the main focus of this episode. It was the very, very short pregnancy of Wanda um, and how quickly that progressed. And it sort of built up to the culmination of everything at the end of this episode with the sinister undertone being maintained throughout fantastically. Um, you know, this series has continued to be, whilst really bright and really enjoyable, has continued to give us a really sinister undertone that is really easy to pick up on. Uh, they are, you know, pretty... Previously in the last two episodes, I think, not really touching on it as much. They're sort of giving subtle hints towards it. But in this one, there is a really, really obvious undertone that something is not right. And that is something that Vision points out in this episode. Um, Partway through the episode, you know, I'm going to sort of jump back and forth as we go through the episode. But partway into this episode, Vision sort of talks about how something is really not right where Wanda and Vision are. Um, but as Wanda, again, as she did in the last episode, didn't quite like what she was hearing and what was occurring, she resets everything. Only this time, instead of being rewound, what we had was that the scene restarted all of a sudden and Vision had different dialogue this time. So that was really, really interesting. So he continues to be confused by the situation and has started to clock that something is really not right. And that was something that was again touched on at the end of the episode in what was one of the most uh, wor- like worrying scenes for our main characters, Wanda and Vision. But to go back to the main thing of this episode, it was about Wanda's pregnancy. Um, you know, very loyal to the comics. Wanda's pregnancy, again, in the comic books, lasts a very short amount of time. Um, and we sort of join them, you know, 10 minutes into the pregnancy and the doctor assumes that they're at about four months, um, which is about accurate. You know, they are in the in the comic books within a few hours. She is halfway through her pregnancy. Um, so we sort of see them prepping the house with this as well. Now, one thing that I picked up on straight away that was really interesting to me was that they were arguing over the fact of what they would call um, you know, this baby boy, they were very adamant they were getting a baby boy, which was firstly interesting, but also they were arguing over a name. It was either going to be William or Billy, as Vision um, referred to a few times, and Wanda wanted to call him Tommy. Now, it was really interesting to me that throughout the scene where they are in the baby's room, you could see that there were already two cots built. So they had already prepped for two babies, but were consistently talking about one. So again, it's one of those things where we later in the episode we refer to the fact that one day is a twin um but we were always looking at in the background two cots were ready for these babies so um again depending on whose reality this is this is obviously being bent around whatever wonder wants to picture as her ideal reality she obviously wanted twins and she gets her twins now the pregnancy lasts less than a day um 
Wanda is having her powers interrupted and impacted by the contractions, which gives us some great scenes, you know. So when um, Wanda starts to have her initial contractions and then goes into labour, um, things in the house, uh, when her water breaks, for example, all the pipes burst and it starts to rain in the house, the kitchen appliances start to blow up and we also see pictures on the wall spinning around. Um so a lot of enjoyment and with the extra colour added into this episode it really was a really lively episode that we got to enjoy as I said though the pregnancy lasted one day and as the doctor who checked on Wanda at the start of the episode is prepping to leave for Barbados on holiday Vision rushes over to his house and brings him back over to help with the labour in this time of course Monica Rambo has arrived and is there and we are going to go into more specifics of Monica uh, in this episode who we obviously know she's not Geraldine as she is portrayed in Wanda's reality. She is Monica Rambo, who um, is worth clarifying in the last episode I mentioned but Monica Rambo is from Captain Marvel. We've seen her before. Her mother was Captain Marvel's best friend who was Maria Rambo. This is the daughter who is now grown up and is seemingly a sword agent. So again going to go into that very shortly but um, as we see the pregnancy and the labour take place, we end up with Wanda giving birth to one baby boy. And then whilst Vision and Wanda are having an emotional moment, she starts to give birth to the second. And they, of course, name them William or Billy and Tommy. And as I mentioned last week, as we expected, these two are going to be the mutant children called Wiccan and Speed, with Wiccan um, having powers very similar to Wanda and Speed having similar powers to Quicksilver being very, very quick. Now, in the comics, of course, um, as it is in this episode, it's really key to note that Vision is not sure how the pregnancies actually occurred. Um, in this reality, Vision is very much going along with it but then every so often sort of snaps out of it and realizes that something's wrong as we've already touched on and at the start of the episode you know straight in this week he's not sure how the pregnancies actually happened and the doctor comedically tries to tell him obviously it's when a, a woman and a man love each other very much but vision is very very perplexed as to how this has actually happened but you know by the end of the episode wiccan and speed have arrived so it's really interesting to me that the pregnancy is maybe not actual canon it's not actually happening it might all be part of this reality because of course we know that vision has died in infinity war so is this all a dream is this all happening in reality who knows um are we actually going to see wiccan and speed in the mcu going forward or are they just going to be teased throughout this series to then go um it's really interesting to note that in the comic books Wanda uses part of the soul of the demon Mephisto. She sort of makes a deal with the devil, uses part of his soul to be able to have children with Vision. And when Mephisto reabsorbs his soul, Wiccan and Vision—sorry, uh, Wiccan and Speed, or William and Tommy—are reabsorbed and they disappear. So they're not to be seen again until you know they're reincarnated in other comic books. But it will be interesting to see how this goes and if Mephisto is going to be the main villain of this series. Um, I mentioned beforehand that Monica was at the house with uh, Wanda throughout the main part of the contractions and going into labour and that was really really interesting to see some of the stuff that Monica uh, touched on and the way that she interacted with Wanda. Now we know that this is some alternate reality whether it's one that Wanda has created or not uh, but whilst Monica is there there was something that was really interesting to me um, that they were starting to touch on and it was that Monica was telling a story of her new job and that she had received a promotion. Now 
this might be um, her becoming a sword agent or getting the promotion um, to an agent and being able to go into wherever Wanda is. Um, or it could potentially be her becoming Proton. Now, Proton is her superhero alter ego that she becomes like a, a less powerful version of Miss uh, of Captain Marvel, so something potentially to look forward to. She did talk about the fact that she was moving on to different quadrants, so that's obviously space-related and relates to S.W.O.R.D. being the extraterrestrial version of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Proton is more of an extraterrestrial superhero. She goes off into space and helps with Captain Marvel rather than sticking to Earth, so that was really interesting. And that was one of the Easter eggs, um, so I've just sort of jumped into my Easter egg section there, which I'll continue to do throughout the episode. Now, once we are done with the pregnancy, the twins have arrived, Vision goes outside with the Doctor, which is a scene that we are going to discuss in more depth very shortly, but Monica is there, she is with Wanda, and we you know, we notice very early on that she has got a sword logo necklace on, which represents her position as a sword agent in this reality or dream or whatever it is. Um, Wanda talks about to Monica before noticing the shield necklace that she was a twin and she had a brother called Pietro, of course, who we know from Age of Ultron as Quicksilver. And uh, Monica says, oh, sorry, Geraldine, she is in this. You know, you have to bounce back and forth between their real world names and the episode names. Um, but Monica Rambo says, oh, he was killed by Ultron, wasn't he? And Wanda sort of snaps out of her happy-go-lucky character for this series and is very, very serious for a moment, saying, what did you just say? What did you just say? Um and Monica, you know, after snapping out to say the Ultron line, has gone back into what she was, and she becomes the the sitcom character again. You know, Wanda then proceeds to obviously get visibly upset, and when Vision rushes back into the house after a conversation with his neighbours, which we'll talk about, Wanda has eliminated, let's say, or um, pushed Monica out of the reality. We see her actually pushed out of the bubble or the reality that Wanda and Vision are currently based in. Now, of course, Wanda, does that mean that she knows that she's in this alternate reality or has she just pushed her away and that's what's happened? You know, that's going to have to be explained hopefully in the next episode. But as Monica is pushed out, we see the sword base and the sword agents all rushing over to her to make sure that she's okay and to see, you know, what sort of thing is going on. And it's the first time we really see sword. Um, they've obviously got a big military base set up, which looks very, very impressive. And they've got a big encampment around Westview, um, which is, of course, where this alternate reality is. And that's a really key point. Um, Mon uh, Wanda pushing Monica out of this the way she did, it makes it seem like she knew that she was able to do that, but at the same time, it doesn't look like something that Wanda would typically create. When Wanda uses her powers, there is the red mist, there is the, um, you know, the surrounding red of anything that she is doing, whereas this was like an invisible bubble. So again, is she actually creating this? You know, we 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 heard in the second episode someone saying who was, you know, Jimmy Woo coming over the radio saying, Monica, uh, Wanda, who's doing this to you? So it would imply that there is someone doing it to her. Now, the reason that Vision rushed back into the house all of a sudden was because when Vision was going out to say goodbye to the Doctor, this was one of the most sinister lines to me. Um, uh, where is it? So the Doctor says... You know, it's a small town. You can't escape them very easily. So that insinuates, again, that they are being trapped somewhere, they are stuck somewhere, and this is not something that Wanda has created. 
or it insinuates that Wanda has created this reality and she is keeping the people there prisoner and making them pawns in her whatever this is dream alternate reality vision you know whatever you want to call it so that was really really interesting so are they all prisoners or are they all pawns in someone else's um someone else's game another thing that could be happening here is that these are all characters that have made a deal with the devil similar to what wanda might have done so previously i mentioned that she did so in order to have her children maybe these guys have done the same thing to prolong their life they've made a deal with mephisto maybe it is still nightmare they're stuck in their nightmare or the grim reaper who i'm going to touch on who this is very very shortly now after the doctor leaves we see agnes and um the other next door neighbor whose name escapes me currently um but they are having conversation over the wall and vision goes over because he's very skeptical about the way that they're talking to each other they seem quite animated and quite upset about something and they sort of voice their concerns about monica she doesn't have a home she doesn't have a family she doesn't have a job anything like that she just sort of just showed up um and that is, you know, her being put into this world as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, potentially. But again, there's that sinister undertone of everyone seems aware where they are, but are they there via their own will? Are they setting up Wanda and Vision? It's all things that we are going to hopefully see over the next six episodes. Now, the key thing here was that the next-door neighbour was trying to tell Vision something. He kept saying, you know, we're all here because 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 and he didn't finish that sentence so it's really interesting to know what he wanted to say but it was agnes who got him to be quiet before then going back into that sitcom character and going okay bye going to see you later again so she suppressed vision learning more and learning what he was going to say so really really interesting there so that sinister undertone was much more um of a key aspect of this episode rather than something in the background um so that sort of is an overview of the episode. There are a couple of things that I really want to touch on, so we're going to move on to our key points and takeaways and our Easter eggs and predictions. So moving on to key points and takeaways, and then we're going to look at Easter eggs and predictions for the future of the MCU as well as WandaVision as a series. The key point and takeaway for me is that Vision is really starting to realise that something's not right, and whether it's Wanda or whether it's actually someone else that's resetting that, they're not allowing that to be noticed. So, for example, in episode two, we saw Vision, when the beekeeper came out of the sewer, say, who's that? And Wanda went, nope, and rewound it. This time she reset the scene completely. So it really goes against... You know, when something goes against the ideal, it seems to be reset. So I don't know if that is Wanda that's doing that. She's saying it or she wants it to happen and it happens as a result of someone else doing it or it is actually her. Similarly, are Wanda and Vision actually aware or are they just clueless to the fact that things can be reset and etc.? Um, the other thing that was a real key point here, which is something I'm sure we're going to continue to see, is that time is not really an element in this world that they're in. Um so is this, again, is this actually an alternative reality of wonders because she doesn't ne necessarily have the ability to manipulate time? So is it someone like Nightmare who has given her this uh, nightmare scenario that she could have lived this wonderful life but essentially it's all going to go away with Vision? Or is it like Mephisto who is giving her this for part of her soul? Is she using part of Mephisto's soul to create this reality and this is the punishment? You know, there are lots of different outcomes that we could have but 
time not being an element is also something that's great for us as the viewer because it could mean that we are going to get to see Wiccan and Speed grow up very swiftly and we're going to see them use their powers. Um, a really big key point slash takeaway that we can discuss in terms of Wiccan and Speed and what is also a prediction um, for the future MCU is that it seems like we are getting a version of the Young Avengers. Now, for anyone that isn't aware of the comics, which I'm sure that a few of the listeners aren't, the Young Avengers are essentially a a team of the youngest superheroes who are recognised as Avengers, uh, and they get sent onto smaller missions to fight smaller foes such as um, Teen Abomination and things like that in the MCU's comics. Uh, sorry, the Marvel comics, not the MCU comics. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but you know, Wiccan and Speed are two of the Young Avengers, and they are clearly going to be teased throughout this series. Whether again, whether they become reality or not, we will have to wait and see. Um, but we are also definitely getting Kate Bishop as part of the Hawkeye series, who is his sort of protege. Uh, Ms. Marvel, who is um, you know Kamala Khan. We've had that series confirmed. We've also had the Iron Heart series confirmed. So we are getting a number of younger superhero characters. So does that mean that we are going to be getting a Young Avengers and having spin-off series or movies as well as the major MCU? Obviously, we had a number of the main Avengers cast killed off or um, has left the Avengers as a result of the last movie. So it's going to be very interesting to see what the Avengers looks like after this next phase of films and TV series. Um, we, we've we seen, obviously talked about, sorry, the fact that the Doctor said that they can't escape the town. Uh, the next door neighbours want to tell Vision something that they can't. So is that that they can't physically or that they know they shouldn't? Um, you know, we talked about what that could mean. And uh, it's really important as well to touch on the fact that clearly S.W.O.R.D. are very closely monitoring this alternative reality or whatever it is. Um, they've got a huge base set up, very similar to the one they had set up around Mjolnir when it fell to Earth in the first Thor film. Um, so a wide-scale operation they are watching this alternative reality with. How they became aware of it, who knows, but they are clearly taking an interest in what happens and it'll be interesting to see what S.W.O.R.D.'s intentions are with it as well. We have Monica Rambeau, we know that Darcy and Jimmy Woo are going to be in this as well, so you would assume that it's all with the best intentions, but as we've seen with S.H.I.E.L.D. in the MCU, the best intentions don't always lead to the best outcomes. So, again, very interesting aspect. There's so many different things that we can think about going forward. Um, and the final key takeaway, as well as Easter eggs, so I'm going to sort of link these together, is that we had more teasers that Agnes is the current villain or the visual villain of the piece. Um, she continues to tease her husband, Ralph, um, being the major villain who is still to be confirmed and in the background because they talked about the power outage whilst they were outside. And Agnes says that he always looks better in the dark anyway. So again, this is a reference towards the fact that, you know, your biggest, like, one of the biggest nightmares that you can imagine is being constantly in the dark. So is it Nightmare? Could it be the Grim Reaper? Again, I'm going to discuss him very, very quickly. And we are also going to discuss Mephisto again in this conversation because Mephisto is essentially the Marvel version of the devil. He is a demon character. So, you know, it could be any number of these. But at the moment, Agnes is clearly our antagonist. Now, Agnes says her husband looks better in the dark, so is it a Mephisto reference? I like to think that this is actually setting up an MCU version of the Grim Reaper. Now, 
whilst the Grim Reaper sounds extremely, extremely sinister in the way that you would imagine the Grim Reaper in the MCU, uh, sorry, in the Marvel comics, I continue to make that mistake. Um, Agnes is wearing the um the necklace which represents the grim reaper the the necklace that she's wearing throughout this episode has a picture of the grim reaper on it in episode two something i missed and on re-watching this morning noticed there is a grim reaper helmet in one of the opening credit scenes so it seems that the grim reaper is going to be a character here and he's he's very closely linked in the comics to vision now in the comic books vision is not created in the same way that he is in the mcu they actually use the powers and the brainwaves of wonder man who is the grim reaper's brother to help create vision so we might see wonder man who knows um that that's not necessarily something that's been teased yet but it does look like the grim reaper is going to be involved in this series somehow now the Grim Reaper is taken, of course, this character is taken from the actual Grim Reaper images and ideologies of what he is. Now, as a villain, he does have a sight for an arm. He is a hooded character. He is a very, very intimidating character. So if he is the main villain, that is certainly a very good choice by Marvel Studios. Um, but again, I continue to think that maybe we've got more than one villain at play here. But it's something we're going to have to wait and see. But it looks like the Grim Reaper is being set up. So definitely go out of your way to have a look at the Grim Reaper in, in terms of Marvel online if you've got time to. But that's a sort of basic background as to who he is. And it seems that the biggest teases are pointing us towards him. Now, in terms of my predictions going forward, but other big takeaways, actually, I've got one more takeaway, which is um, it does in terms of whether this is Wanda's reality or whether it's someone else. I don't think it seems like Wanda's reality, and that's my personal opinion, and I would love to know your comments, you know, send ideas across on Instagram, um, comment on the post for this podcast, and by any means, like, contact me and let me know your thoughts, I'll mention them in next week's pod, um, but anything that Wanda does, it doesn't have that red, um, you know, uh, well, just the, the red that everything she does has, I, I call it a mist, but I'm not really sure what it is, um, in terms of what you would call it, but it's not present. And this looks like more of another dimension in terms of this big invisible bubble um, that we are seeing Monica pushed out of and that we see uh, sword um, shielding in terms of their floodlights and things. So I, I'm starting to lean away from the fact this could be Wanda's reality and continuing to think this is some sort of nightmare. I think that a really cool scenario would be that Nightmare and the Grim Reaper are working together. Um, but again, you have to think okay, that's great, we now know who the villain is, but what is their motivation here? Why uh, Why wonder? Why Vision? And what are they trying to get out of it? And that leads me to another big takeaway, which is, I think, a societal talking point, which is, obviously, most movies are based on, you know, real-life scenarios or real-life issues, and I think that this is really highlighting the impact that grief can have on people. Um, we see that, you know, Wanda is one of the most powerful villains in the uh, villains. Wanda is one of the most powerful heroes in the MCU. We see the way that she helps take down Ultron's army in Age of Ultron. We see the way that she absolutely destroys Thanos and without raining fire in uh, Avengers Endgame, he probably would have died at the hands of Wanda. So we know that Wanda or Scarlet Witch, however you want to refer to her, is one of the most powerful Avengers. But grief has either allowed her to have her 
um, her mind warped by someone else. She's either gone crazy with the grief, like she's just not able to cope, so she's created this alternative reality. But if we go to what my thought is, and whether it's Mephisto, Nightmare, or the Grim Reaper, she's got so much grief over the loss of vision, she couldn't cope with it. So she's made a deal with the devil or the Grim Reaper, or she's allowed herself to go into the Nightmare realm to spend more time with vision and to deal with this emotionally. So although she's one of the most powerful Avengers physically, emotionally she's not able to deal with this loss. And we've got to remember that in this and in the comic book, she's very young. She's not like a you know, like someone who's in their 30s or 40s, like some of the characters we have, like Doctor Strange and Tony um, Tony Stark and Captain America, this is a, a young girl still. She, you know, she's a young lady who hasn't got loads of experience most of her life. She spent as an orphan in um, Sokovia, and then she was, of, of course, in Hydra's uh, experiments. And speaking of Hydra, just one final Easter egg. We, of course, had the Hydra bath salts advert, uh, this was the third advert and the second one that sort of referenced Hydra. Now, I don't think there was a specific takeaway from this one, although we could suggest that Hydra said about um, uh, the the wording during the advert was that Hydra could help you find your inner, I think it was princess maybe or something like that. Um, so is Hydra still present? Are they actually, is it, is it maybe Wanda thinking that Hydra were actually the ones that allowed her to find her inner power? You know, again, it's all speculation at this point, but stuff that, you know, it's, it's stoked the fire under a lot of conversations. Now, to finish this podcast, I want to go over some predictions. So I want to see how much of more of the real world we're going to see our shield involved in any of this how much involvement a sword going to have prior to the penultimate and final episode where we know that there is going to of course be some big um, climax to this series which is going to see hopefully um, a reveal as to who our villain is and what the end game has been all along Um, again as we go forwards we're going to see Wiccan and Speed hopefully growing up are we going to see them developing their powers let's hope so and again in terms of prediction I think that we might be starting to see the young Avengers being formed I think it would be a really cool way to expand the Marvel Universe and not have to keep churning out Avengers films because I think that in terms of what is now recent nostalgia people will want to see Tony Stark, Captain America, Thor, uh, Star-Lord you know whoever Spider-Man, Hulk the Winter Soldier, Falcon, Black Panther, of course, maybe in a recast. I don't know how they're going to deal with that. That's a podcast for another day. Um, but it would be really cool to have the main Avengers team and the young Avengers team. And it's not like Marvel and Disney are struggling for finances that they could fund these projects. So it would be really interesting to see. And I think that we might see at least one team up movie for the young Avengers in the future. Um And then we've already, my other prediction was who we might be seeing as the villain. I think it's probably going to be the Grim Reaper now that we've had such an obvious um, Easter egg for that in Agnes's necklace. But at the same time, I am a huge fan of Nightmare in the comic books and would absolutely adore seeing him in the MCU. So that would be really interesting. So overall, I've given this episode an 8.5 out of 10. I thought this was a really, really good episode, but the reason it hasn't got a higher rating in the 9s or even a 10 is because for me, this was more of a teaser episode for what else is to come. It is for me the best episode so episode so far. Um, the 70s aesthetic was really, really fun. It was sort of set in the same sort of manner as the Brady Bunch. 
Very colourful, very funny, very playful, but at times, again, I'm going to continue to say that sinister undertone is sort of terrifying in its own way. So something that we continue to look forward to is more and more information about what is happening being revealed. I, I think, although I like to think I'm filling in some of the gaps with my comic book and wider Marvel knowledge, even I still don't know what's going on. And, you know, other experts in this area don't know what's going on from what I've heard, uh, what I've read and what I've seen since the episode dropped yesterday. Um, but as I say, overall, 8.5 out of 10. Fantastic episode. This series I'm really, really enjoying. I'm, you know, having something weekly from Marvel, as it was with The Mandalorian and Star Wars, it's just given me so much motivation to sit down and think about this. And hopefully this is helping you guys with starting to see some of the Easter eggs as you're watching as well. But that is overall my breakdown of WandaVision episode three. Let me know what you thought in my comment sections on Instagram. Let me know what you thought in a message. Feel free to get in touch. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know your thoughts on the podcast as well as the episode. More than happy to discuss any questions you have in future podcasts as well. But for now, I've been Toby. This has been the Anything Goes podcast and I will see you soon.